Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And if you're a first-timer, welcome aboard. I've been doing this on at least a weekly basis since 2013, sometimes way more than that. have had tons of incredible guests, including current and former Astros, Rockets, Texans, Houston Cougars, and local and national media. You can find all of this on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or whatever you like. Uh, scroll down to your podcast feed because you might be surprised at what you find with all the the interviews. And you know many of them are evergreen, so you can go back and listen to them. And they're still very relevant. We're not always talking about what's going on right at the moment. Well, I've been avoiding it so far, but I guess we got to get Go on looking at the final Rockets game of the season. Let me bring back in my good friend, House of Houston's Brian Patterson, for the final postgame show of the 2019 season. And Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. I was scared to death the Rockets wouldn't be focused. Well, let me clarify that. James Harden wouldn't be focused. And I was more hoping that they had take care of business at home without Kevin Durant, with their backs against the wall, and be ready to play their best game but you know what? I had no expectation that this would be any different from what I've seen from James Harden and this Rockets team in the past. The whole situation here is the the way the table had been set. You know, Kevin Durant, unfortunately, uh, you know, had the right calf injury. Unfortunate for them, <laughs> not yeah, for us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's very true. But, uh, I, you know, you, you have this opportunity, such a unique opportunity. It, it was kind of, kind of compared to when Chris Paul had the hamstring injury last season, the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors capitalized off of that. The Rockets uh, apparently did not, and it, I just like the sense of urgency that I saw. That that I didn't a lack of sense of urgency it, at the end of Game Five. I didn't really see that in the final seconds, the final minutes of uh, Game Six. Now, if you look at the stat sheet, they pretty much are tit for tat for each other. You know, seventeen turnovers uh, for the Warriors, fifteen for the Rockets. They both shot from the field over above 40%, uh, but the key was the bench production. Yeah, the bench production uh, you know, outweighed uh, the bench production for the Houston Rockets, and a lot of guys surprised. Kevon Looney, once again, uh, had a great game. Now, how do you, how are you, you know, getting paid $90 million, you know, over the next five years? Clint Capella I'm talking about. And you can only put up ten and ten. That that's just unacceptable. Yeah, and, and you're 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 avoiding the headline, and I'm going to circle back to that. But you mentioned Capella, and you know he's going to take a lot of heat. He especially deserves a lot of heat because he was the one yes. that said, you know, I want the Warriors. You got them. Then to not show up, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. But you know, I, like I said, I, I got to circle back to the gorilla in the room. I mean, you talk about the the bench. And, and yes, uh, they played better in that particular game. But these series, playoffs, they always come down to the superstars. And look, I defended all, you know, Harden all year long. I, I believed he deserved the MVP or at least co-MVP. But you started talking stats, Brian. And, and I just want to say, please don't quote me his stats in game six. And I don't want to hear about the 35 points, eight rebounds, five assists, four steals, or the shooting percentage when it mattered the most, when the game was on the line in the final minutes, he committed two stupid turnovers, had a needless offensive foul on Draymond Green 25 feet from the basket. He missed a wide-open layup. He also missed five free throws 
in the game altogether, made silly turnovers, six of them in all. The phrase that I keep coming back to, Brian, is focus and lack of focus. But let's be honest and just let, let me just lay it all out there, Brian, because you, you know we were going to come to this. It's hard not to call him. The word is a choker. And I hate using it because he's a great player. But what this happens over and over again in big situations in the playoffs, and even when he's playing against a team who's lost Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant in this case, Brian, what else do you say? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm beyond defending him. And I, and I and I defended him to the wall this year because I thought he stepped it up even more than he's ever had in the past. Yes, the turnovers were there, you know, in those uh, th- those final minutes of the game. And I still have to defend James Harden because um, if if it wasn't for Harden, he the Rockets wouldn't even be in striking distance. I, there's no, but there's and, no, and there's no, 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 no. I don't want to go without Harden. They wouldn't be here without Harden. They wouldn't be in the playoffs without. I get all that. But if are we talking about winning a championship, Brian? Are we talking about being there at Golden State at the end of a game? I mean, he, you know, this is not just one game. We're not talking about one game anymore. We're not talking about one series anymore. You know, Steph Curry hit big shot after big shot in game five and game six. James Harden, without Kevin Durant on the floor, did not match him shot for shot. You know, and, and look. A little hard on him. I think some of the people were in game five because there were other guys that made some mistakes and and it wasn't him necessarily doing a ton wrong. I mean, P.J. Tucker stepped out of bounds. There were some other things in game five that you can point to. But Steph Curry was there in game six when it mattered. You can say, well, he didn't score any in the first half. But in the second half, he scored 31 and Steph Curry does that in big situations in the playoffs. And James Harden, Brian, does. I don't know how you avoid the word choker anymore. I mean, I look, I, I you, you can be wearing your Rockets red tinted glasses, Brian, if you want. But this is all on James Harden. There's no doubt this is James Harden's show. And, and they go as he goes. But when you look at playoff Harden from the past few seasons, and you look at playoff Harden now, Harden showed up. If you compare right now this performance that he had in Game 6, Game 5, Game 4, even against the Jazz, Harden was there every step of the way. Uh, Now, he may have been limited in those games, but he did all that he could to to help his team win. He didn't give up. He didn't quit on his team. And uh, I I at least have to give him uh, credit for that. His legacy does take a hit. It deserves to take a hit. Because ultimately, you didn't get your team to where you wanted them to go. But, but I mean, are you going to tell me, this is the thing, I know you're, mm-hmm. you don't want to call him a choker, but are you going to tell me that you trust James Harden at the end of game? I mean, we go into the next playoffs and you're like, well, we got James Harden leading this team. We should be fine next year. I mean, are, 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 are in the regular season, is anybody going to care about it anymore? They're just going to go, well, we know what's going to happen. It's James Harden leading the team in the playoffs. That means he's not going to show up big when they need him again. I mean, look, it's it. This isn't a case of, uh, hey, well, Chris Paul was in. You know, there's you. We can't come up with the Chris Paul was injured excuse anymore. This is mm-hmm. this is James Harden, and we saw this against San Antonio. We saw that what happened in that series, and and nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear the oh he's tired excuse. That that doesn't work. No nobody ever blamed tiredness when Michael Jordan failed. That guy was ready to go. We talked about, you know, all season. Well, James Harden says it's not going to happen because I'm going to ha- have the legs and I, I'm in shape. And, 
you know, I, I just don't know how all of a sudden we're talking about being in shape after, you know, how many years in the playoffs where he, he didn't seem like maybe he was ready to go late in games. So this, this is, there's no, I, I'm, I'm not in shape excuse. There's, I mean, we're out of excuses, Brian. You know, this just wasn't like, well, he missed shots, Brian. This wasn't that because his, like I said, his shooting percentage was fine. This was yeah. turnovers. This was missing free throws. This was what, well, you know, why are you elbowing Draymond Green 30 feet from the basket? What's the purpose of that? You know, the officials are going to be extra sensitive about anything at that point in the game. You know, what are you doing missing a, a layup at the end of that game? I mean, h- how are you missing a wide open layup that he had? I mean, there, there are specifics here we're talking about where he failed the Rockets. Yeah, and, and when you compare them to to guys like uh, Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James, you know, some of the guys that, you know, say, hey, I'm going to take this team and carry them on my shoulders. It doesn't matter. We're, we're going to win this game. I'm afraid James Harden is not that guy. But I, I do believe that. You know, there are four other members uh, on that team, and he really only got help from Chris Paul last night. Everybody else uh, was shooting blanks. Before you say everybody else was shooting blanks, look, Mike D'Antoni, I- I'm not putting anything as far as the series goes or saying, I mean, there are people out there that, you know, are already probably pointing fingers at Mike D'Antoni, too. Look, um, almost none of the failures of this series lie at the foot of D'Antoni, but I will say this. One thing that bothered me a ton as I watched this game, you said nobody else showed up. Eric Gordon, who's been spectacular, spectacular throughout this series, consistent right there, offensively, defensively. There's no complaints about Eric Gordon throughout this playoffs. He took a total of three shots in the first half, one shot in the first eight minutes of the game. Well, Eric Gordon can't get the ball to himself. Rivers, Green, Tucker, and Capella each had more shots than Gordon did in the first half of this game. If you're an offensive genius, Brian, and you're an offensive genius like D'Antoni or Chris Paul or James Harden, like they're all supposedly geniuses that we hear over and over again, how does that happen? How does Eric Gordon not get the ball more in the first half and get more shots? I mean, he, they can't help unless you know they get the ball, and, and that's on James Harden too. Yeah, and he's he's our points guard, uh, you know, not point, but points guard. He is supposed to be distributing the ball. Uh, he, Chris Paul had 11 assists. So, I mean, I'm sorry, he had six assists, and uh, he, you know, was distributing the ball. James Harden had five. I mean, they did a lot of isolation, which I don't like. I like when the ball moves around. You notice how well the ball moved. We were looking at the 2015 Warriors, and that's exactly what I thought. Whenever Kevin Durant went down, this this ship, it was still going to continue to run, you know, as if, you know, nothing had ever happened. A cog would be missing in Kevin Durant, but it still would be running uh, smoothly. Yeah, so they were moving the ball. Steph, if Steph wasn't open, they pass it to Clay. Clay Thompson came up big. I mean, we were talking about Clay, just how much of a <laughs> disappearance he was uh, in the series. And then he uh, had stepped up and rose to the occasion. Draymond became the Draymond of old, shooting threes, getting physical in the paint. I mean, you, you hate Draymond, you know, if you're playing against him. But, boy, would you love to have him on your team? I would love to have a whole bunch of Draymonds on my team right now. We just don't have uh, those guys. You know, I just admire him for his, his heart 
his hustle. He's a little dirty at times, but you need a guy like that uh, on your team. But ultimately, I don't think the Rockets moved the ball all that well when when it counted. But did did you expect anything different? That's that's who they are, though, Brian. That's that's their identity. That's like saying, "Hey, well, if you're an Astros fan, you know what we need need more from the catcher. We need we need him to steal some bases. That they're not. It's you're not gonna get stolen bases from Brian McCann or Jason Castro or, or Max Stassi. That's not their game." So I don't know wh- why would you expect anything different now? Do you want to blame that? On, you want to go ahead and blame that on D'Antoni? He he should do more of a motion offense. Do you think he should change? I really do think that he should have incorporated more of the bench. He's so tight with his rotations. No excuse for Kenneth Reed to at least get a few minutes this series. And um, you can talk about the you know there were rumors that uh, he was in Ramadan. He was fasting. He didn't have the energy to to play. Uh, but ultimately, it it was Mike D'Antoni's unwillingness to to open up the open up the roster a little bit and try to see if you have guys on this roster that can can help this team win. Because Capella was getting killed on the board. It's just absolutely killed. And you can't just go off of one game's performance, you know, in the playoffs and have them sit on the bench because, you know, you expected more out of Capella and they ran circles around him. It was just frustrating to see, especially with Kevon Looney, who probably makes about six times. Capella makes about six times work uh, what Looney does. And it's just that the Warriors, they, they are, you know, I have to hand it to them. They are a championship team. They they are a great team. They are resilient. When one thing goes wrong, they know how to settle, you know, regroup, and still know how to go out there and win basketball games. But if one thing goes wrong with this team, you know, we, we don't know where we're going. We're, we don't know if they're going to get back to where they need to be. It's just all discompopulated. Not that I'm proposing for Mike D'Antoni to be fired. But I think he deserves to be evaluated. I mean, there should be evaluation period and say, Mike, you know, you've been here because I think this is uh, what three seasons, maybe going into four, if I'm not mistaken. Honestly, I don't know if there's anybody else that would be able to coach this bunch. I mean, Mike is a great players coach, and I just really don't think that who else could we get out there that would be able to coach this bunch. But then. We can even talk about this. Who knows if this bunch is going to stay together? You can't bring this team back. Absolutely not. You cannot sell that to your fan base, to fans that are paying, you know, gobs of money. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Brian. Before you say you can't bring this team back, what are you going to do? Are you going to trade Harden? Chris Paul's making $40 million. You can't add a ton of guys because those two guys are are between those two and Capella. Now, yeah, you, maybe you could trade Capella and maybe you could get more for him. But look, Capella during the regular season is fantastic. I mean, he's become a really great player. Against Golden State and against Utah, they're terrible matchups. What are you changing? You cha- you trading Capella? You trading Eric Gordon, the most consistent guy on the team? You trading P.J. Tucker? Th- those are the guys making all the money on this team. How, how do you make this team better when you have Chris Paul and he's making $120 million over the next three years because nobody wants that contract. Nobody. I would say that the only person uh, on this team that is untouchable is James Harden. James Harden is not going anywhere. Now, Chris Paul, it, it's going to be hard to move that contract, but if you can figure out a way to to, to move No, you, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. The Knicks are still in the NBA, and I, but... Yeah, you could stretch him out, but I, th- it doesn't really do much as far as salary cap relief. It doesn't do- look. They're stuck. They are stuck with Chris Paul for at least a year, maybe two. Let me get to Chris Paul because we haven't 
you know, he's off the hook for this game. Brian mentioned, as Brian mentioned, when they yeah. need him with the with their backs against the wall, CP3, you know, he shows up. It sucks that he doesn't have the gas in the tank to do this on a regular on a regular basis, but there's no question he played big time in, in game six. And I know there's, you know, just panic over CP's three, you know, over his contract, CP3's contract. But Brian, what would you say if I told you this? If he continues to deteriorate as a player this fast, the competitor in him, I think, will opt not to hang on just to get the money on this deal. He'll likely work out a buyout at some point. Maybe he just retires. I can't see him dragging the franchise down for three years, fighting through frequent injuries, doing all that. I'm not sure how fun it'll be for him to go through the recovery process every single year like he's doing. Also, I don't see him wanting to be a pariah with his teammates, especially James Harden, for cashing checks that ruins their chances at winning you know, anything because you can't win you know, if, if Chris Paul is just dragging you down with all the money he's sucking off of your payroll, I just think he's got too much dadgum pride to do that. Do you agree with me? Or you think Chris Paul's like, screw it. I don't care. I'm going to hang on and it looks bad for the CBA and I'm head of the players union. I mean, people made that argument with me on Twitter, but I'm like, yeah. But in the end, every day he's got to walk in and face those guys. And every day he's got to walk into the Toyota Center and deal with these fans. And they're, and they're going to be like, Chris, what are you doing? You know, you need to call it a career. It's not, you're not there anymore. And maybe maybe you get one more year at him. But I think with two years left, at some point, he's going to say, all right, enough is enough. Brian, I think he's got to walk away at some point. I don't think he sit, I don't think he goes through the whole contract. No way. Yeah, he's going to be pressured, especially by Tillman, you know, the Rockets management, you know, because they expected so much more out of him. When you invest that kind of money into a player, you expect more. I mean, he is head of the players union, yes. And in his heart, he probably feels he deserves to get paid uh, this amount of money. I mean, this is this is going to be his last payday before he hangs it up. But uh, yeah, ultimately, he will play next season. Chris Paul more than likely will be here, you know, barring some miracle trade that we can put together to get him going. You always worry about, you know, if he's, his hamstring is going to, 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 to tear or, you know, what Chris Paul you're going to see night after night. Do, do, you, do you agree with me, though? You haven't, I don't know if you've said that. Do you agree with me? Do you think he stays through all of these next three years or do you think it's just, what do you think? I don't see any reason why he would not. I mean, how are you going to move that contract? No, 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 no. I'm not saying moving the contract. You're not going to move the contract. I'm saying he's going to call it a career. I, I don't think he wants to be here just sucking up money and being injured and having to rehab over and over again and facing his teammates every single day wondering, man, wh- what are you doing to us? You're killing us with this contract and, and, you, and you can't be on the court and you're no good anymore. You know, and another thing, too, I mean, you do have a good point there. I mean, last night, uh, you know, whenever he, he left the arena, normally the players just go through down the ramp and, you know, you pass through the media. But, you know, some of my sources were telling me that, you know, he went out the front door just right where the fans were walking out. He had a car waiting for him and he left. He did not want to talk to anybody. So I know this is troubling for him as well with him going through this. And so you have a point. He may, you know, decide to go on and hang it up. I don't think it's going to be now. I think he's going to give it another go. Oh, of course. No, no, no. I'm not saying next year. I'm saying yeah. it, it's, he's not finishing this contract in Houston. I guarantee you uh, he will retire. 
I, I can't really see a trade happening because if you trade him, you're trading him to a team that's garbage. And I don't think he wants to play out of, you know, with Charlotte or the Knicks or some garbage team. Um, maybe the Knicks aren't going to be garbage. Maybe they get Durant and Kyrie, but um, I don't see him playing out of his career with a garbage team. I just don't. I, I see him getting into coaching just that that's where I think his heart is. I think his his passion, you see it on the court, how he's directed traffic, how he's telling people to go to their spots. He might get into that as as soon as possible. Maybe he can transition to that uh, possibly here uh, with the Rockets. I, I, I just don't know where D'Antoni is on something like that, but maybe something to, to keep him in the game, but to keep him motivated. But, you know, his mind is there. He knows what he wants well, he, to do. He's doing that. You don't need to give him the title of coach. He's He does that. You know, I, I'm not, ta- I don't care what, what he does when his career is over with. I'm just talking about with the Rockets. And I, I mean, I can't think about, you know, four or five years down the road, what, what he wants to do with his life. And I don't, I don't know if Chris Paul would have the patience, honestly. The Chris Paul that we know would have the patience to deal with that on a regular basis and without not without being out there some of the time and, and doing all of the directing. But I'm going to just put you down as he's – you since you didn't say no, I'm going to say you're, you're saying he's going to finish his career with the Rockets, right? The, the whole contract. I'm not saying the whole contract, but the Houston Rockets are going to be the last team he plays for in his career. Okay, well then if it's not the whole contract, then you're saying he's going to retire. Like I just said. Yes. Okay. Yeah, as a rocket. Okay. Owner Tillman Fertitta made the point after the game was over with that James Harden will be 30 next year, Brian. And Michael Jordan didn't win his first title until he th- turned 30. And neither did Akeem Olajuwon. But Brian, maybe my memory is bad, but I, I just don't recall those guys being blamed for playoff failures or coming up small when you needed them. I, I mean, it, it just felt like a little bit of the spin game from Tillman. And, you know, that's what he is in life. You know, he's Mr. Positive. But to compare him to Jordan and Akeem Olajuwon, you know, you could try to get the fans to bite into that. I just don't think they they, they will. <laughs> just totally different guys right there. And what was the stat about Michael Jordan? He never had gone to Game 7s uh, in his playoff career or, or, or some crazy stat like that where, you know, it never got to that point for uh, for Michael Jordan, the man that knew how to close and look at the support and cast that he had. And, and James Harden, he's got a decent group of guys that, that are able to help him out. But uh, for some reason, it's, it's it's just not clicking. And it it was just painful to see toward the end of the game how the Warriors are just running circles around the Rockets. They were moving the ball so quickly and they weren't able to react um, I don't know what the play call by uh, Jeff Zadelic was or or whatnot, but they they moved the ball and, and you know swung it around to Clay Thompson. He was close to wide open. They they ran a body at him. I'm trying to remember who it was, but you know once that ball leaves his hands and he can see that rim, it, it's going in. And that's the same for Steph Curry as well. You can talk about that finger that he that that uh, you know that injured finger that he had, but. Steph Curry came up big, and that's what champions do. And I wish the same uh, would have happened for uh, this Rockets team. Uh, James Harden did show up. He he showed up, but he yes, he made some mistakes uh, toward the end. And I'm not really trying to make excuses for yeah, him. Just, but it feels like you are trying to make excuses for him. I can't do it. I can't say he's a choker because, again, look where we would be without him. And you know, looking at past 
performance in past playoff seasons, this is an improvement. You know, I, I hate to say this because, you know, you, you expect exponential improvement. You expect to be in the NBA finals by now. But uh, this is just, again, a learning experience to James Harden. I do feel in my heart that we can still win a championship with James Harden. Whether we can do that with Chris Paul, that remains up for debate. Up for debate. That's likely not going to happen, based off of us trying it t- not once but twice. Uh, man, I just I don't know how you do it with James Harden at this point. I mean, he's going to have to go see a psychologist. <laughs> I, I don't know, but you know, you mentioned Jeff Bedzelik, and you know, he's done. An, I, I thought he did an incredible job designing the defense against Golden State. Uh, I thought he did about as well as you could possibly do. They're they're so impossible with, you know, all the great shooters. And even without Kevin Durant, it's difficult. What he's done the last two years uh, in this particular series against Golden State should be applauded. The only real mistakes I saw were mental ones made by the players. But, you know, Brian, I mean, we can talk in circles and you can talk about supporting cast and you can talk about this and that. But in the end, final minutes of games, you know, it comes down to, you know, your best player as James Harden. What what were you you were at the game again? What what were you hearing from fans after the game was over with or as the game was going on? What was their reaction to James and just what the Rockets were doing, how they were playing? What did you hear? It was shock, it just pure shock. I didn't hear that much. It was you know, we were all fired up, you know, especially in my section, you know, especially when it came down to to those final minutes when things were tied up. I think it was 97-97, um, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it was loud. I mean, it was the atmosphere you would expect, uh, it, you know, for playoff basketball. But when Steph Curry started getting going, as well as Klay Thompson, y- you knew that the writing was on the wall. And it got very, very quiet. And... um there really wasn't much said because, honestly, the Rockets have been here before. We 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 have been here before, and there was a lot of frustration when I was walking out of the arena. Fans were just you know talking about what we need to do with the team and uh, you know who we need to trade, who we need to get rid of. Um, there was a sense of frustration, you know, as fans were lining for uh, the exits because we're all just baffled at how this was able to happen when, you know, their star player, Kevin Durant, is not available. You have this unique opportunity and you weren't able to get it done. Um, It's just legacies take a hit here. James Harden and Chris Paul's legacy uh, takes a hit. Great players, surefire Hall of Famers. Nobody will ever wear number 13 again for the Houston Rockets, but his legacy takes a hit, especially when you have an opportunity like this. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's number 13. 13 doesn't have a long history of being (laughs) lucky. So maybe that's what he needs to do. Maybe he needs to change the number. But, you know, Steph Curry, 33 points. All this. Let's mention the Warriors because we haven't given them enough credit. But, yes, they are champions for a reason. Steph Curry, 33 points, 11 for 11 from the free throw line. He didn't miss any of his free throws. He was four from 11 for three. Similar numbers as far as James, nine of 20 from the field. But when it counted, he made the plays. He made the shots. Clay Thompson was big, always seems to come up big in game sixes, uh, big game sixes for his team. He does it again, 27 points, especially early in the game in the first half, kind of carrying them through the, the rough stretch early. Uh, the Rockets, it, it you know, I, I knew early in the game. It just looked like they're not there. They're not into it. They're not focused. And th- it's a team that, 
you know, just for me, it just doesn't have this history of, Hey, we're going to get it together when, when they don't start off well. And that that's been a, you know, sometimes they don't start off well because the other team just plays great and they're just missing shots and that's fine. I just didn't see the focus, you know, from the time it was tipped off till the time it ended. I just didn't see the focus on defense. I didn't see it on offense. I didn't see it holding on to the ball. I didn't see it on the, on the boards and blocking out at times. Uh, the numbers were pretty even there, but yeah, it de- I don't know if that told the whole story about, you know, the effort that they were putting necessarily on the boards. Um, and, and Brian, you, you made the great point. Yeah. Kevin Looney was just much better than Capella for most of this series, which is just crazy to think about. Um, but you know, Capella also had some difficult matchups too. He, you know, he's having to be on the perimeter way more with that team than he would most teams. Um, that's going to affect him a little bit. I, I, something tells me something's not right with him. And if there is everything that's right, then maybe he needs to come out with something that's, that was, it's been wrong with him, like some injury or, or whatever throughout this golden state series. Cause I understood the infection, uh, you know, that he was talking about that they mentioned during the Utah series. And that was real, but we didn't hear that it had continued into this golden state series. So, you know, I just, there there's, it's hard to explain what went wrong there. Um, the Rockets have all sorts of major things to look at in this off season. I don't know what they're going to do with the guys that they've got. Austin Rivers. Resign Austin Rivers. I, I am for it. This guy fits in this system. That, that is one guy I want back on this roster. And he's not going to be terribly expensive either. He probably will be back. They got to figure mm-hmm. out what they're going to do with Kenneth Fareed. They they got to figure out what they're going to do with, with Daniel House, who I thought was going to be a major factor in this series. And then he didn't play well, and then he got hurt. And and then Shepard, who I wasn't expecting to step up, kind of did uh, to a degree. Uh, still made some boneheaded moves, but he he stepped up, especially from shooting perspective. He didn't even take a shot in this game six. But uh, so the Rockets with some major decisions this offseason. Brian, House of Houston, uh, what are you guys talking about? You still got everything going on. You got the Astros. Uh, we got Texans minicamp, training camp. I'm sure you're talking about all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, we're talking about it all, and uh, that's that's at houseofhouston.com. Rockets, Astros, and Texans. You know, um, I think I got something up on uh, you know uh, with Will Harris, just his improvement, just him throwing the curveball more. Uh, a little bit of Texas news about what type of compensatory picks they're going to get uh, next year. They're likely going to get some, especially with the loss of uh, Tyron Matthew. So uh, lots of things to read at at, at houseofhouston.com, and uh, just want to say, just want to double back on how. This man, you know, the he he wanted to have, be extended through the season. You know, he was trying to prove that hey, I deserve a contract, and it's it's looking like Daryl Morey was right. I mean, this man may be back in the D League next season. I think it's going to be that bad uh, for him, and I think Morey made the right call on holding the line on the contracts. So, because you, you would expect for Daniel House to show up, and and he didn't. If the Rockets can sign him, and they're going to try to sign him. I don't think he'll be back in the D league. I mean, he's, he's a, he's a guy that can play for you because he struggled in his first playoffs as a rookie. I just, Mm -hmm. I can't hold that against him. So, you know, I just, let's separate what guys can do for you in the regular season to help you win games and let's separate what they're doing as opposed to that. um, And you compare it to against Utah and golden state, two of the best defenses. You know, I've said this before, but I'll say it again, just to remind people uh, if you're talking about best defenses in the league this year, you got to put 
Golden State and Utah. Even though Golden State, you know, kind of coasted through the regular season, we know what they've got in the postseason defensively. They got Draymond, they got Klay Thompson, they had Durant for most of this series. Uh, they got Iguodala. They got guys defensively all up and down that roster that are scary as hell. Utah, it's one of the best defenses, if not the best in the NBA. You, you, they, you, you know, you put Toronto maybe in the category with great defenses. Maybe, uh, maybe Milwaukee with what they did this year. But I mean, we the, the Rockets faced in the two rounds of their playoffs. Let's keep that in mind. They faced two of the best defenses, but. Uh, I, you know, it's again, it's wait till next year. And I hate saying that. Don't you hate saying that? <laughs> For once, I would like to say that since I was a kid in the, you know, 94, 95, you know, where we won the championship. I still remember that, but I would love to see a championship as an adult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, that's 31 teams are going to be saying that at the end of the season. And yes, yes. <laughs> what's disappointing is that the hope is not necessarily there because. You're like, how do you get better, and how does James Harden become a different guy when it when it matters the most? And you know, I, I still think that's when all is said and done. We can talk about everything else, but it's about James. It's about James. It's about James. It's about James. That's it. That's all there is to it. That's all we got. We'll talk to you again soon. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.